what's going on, everybody? Welcome. Congratulations, Standing Stones. Yeah. We're broadcasting on another channel. Are you okay tonight? Simply Spooky. Yeah, another channel from UK, ladies and gentlemen. So, hello, Nicole. Welcome, Nicole. Hey, Jam Camera. Welcome, everybody. Pamela Hockett. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Roger. So, well, everybody's sliding in there. Uh, welcome, everybody. Hopefully, everybody's having a good Thursday night. So, what's going on with you, Mr. Decker? Oh, not much. Not much. Just another week another week passing by man it's already almost the middle of september i can't believe it it's going yeah, way right. too fast way too right. fast yeah uh, so you like that standing stones you like that uh so that's what happens when people donate money and uh <laughs> i got business cards for the show coming up on uh, october 7th uh, the conference i'm going to Thanks to everybody's donations. This is what the money goes to. Uh, you know, uh, I really appreciate it. And it goes to more content and uh, advertisements. So it adds up, ladies and gentlemen. You know, buck 99 here and there. I'm telling you, I, I really appreciate it. So, yeah, Tammy Johnson, welcome, everybody. So uh, very interesting. Uh, I have been working on a few things, right? I've been working on operation. Welcome, everybody, to the show. I've been working on uh, Operation Camera Stealth. I haven't really talked to you too much about it. I am, like, full of chiggers. <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, uh, uh, got, like, a half a bottle down of fingernail, clear fingernail polish. There you go. And, you know how uh, to deal with them, then. Yeah, but I actually got on Amazon. Yeah. And yeah. Order some special stuff. <laughs> oh, well, listen, yeah. back home in the jungle, that's what we use was nail polish. That, that's Never right. failed. Hey, Brian yep. Barber. Uh, uh, Brian Barber, you are right about that conversation. I, I, would, I wouldn't trust that. But, uh, but yeah, Rebecca, uh, <laughs> just to let you know, Rebecca, uh, I, I'm going to have to apply for AAA with you and Yolanda. So uh, somebody's got to check on her, by the way. Uh, I haven't seen her. Hopefully, I know she wasn't feeling good the other night. But Lauren, I'm glad you're here. I haven't missed you, too. Uh, Raymond, how you doing there, Raymond? Uh, so uh, Operation uh, Stealth Camera. Uh, I have a bunch of uh, trail cameras, different makes and models and manufacturers. Some IR, some non-IR. Uh, and, uh, there's some other ones too that are infrared and some are not infrared. And, uh, I actually got contacted, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, yes, by a manufacturer of a trail cam company. I cannot announce. They're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, you really want to know? And they're like, yeah, we want to know. And, uh, I'm like, well, here I go. And they're like, are you serious? <laughs> I'm like, Yeah. And they're like, send me all your social media links and give me a spill. Hey, Russ, what'd you think about that uh, new trailer with you in it? You're like, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so I gave them all my information. So anyway, so I got these trail cams out and I did them strategically military style. So, uh, so if, you know, we know that Bigfoot and Sasquatch, right? 
the, we know that they can see the IR in infrared. So that way, if a deer or whatever sends a camera off over here and it's like, and they see that, they're like, oh, hell, I ain't going over there. Hopefully over there is going to go snap cheese. Gotcha. Right. So hopefully I can then, then don't laugh. You know, my shipping tape that I use, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. That is, (laughs) I hate to say it. That is gorilla shipping tape. <laughs> so, oh, anyways, I'm, I'm shipping something back to Amazon. So I <laughs> use two and a half rows of that. Now, I don't know how many yards on a row. Hello, Liana. Welcome to the show. So I have put tape from tree to tree, and I put tape, uh, I put a whole row of tape down. Uh, all the way through the forest, a whole row, just a single row laid out for booby traps, ladies and gentlemen. So nice. uh, I did not go out by myself because I'm scared to go in the world, uh, go in the world, <laughs> <laughs> go in the woods by myself because of the Cherokee and then the Indian tribes and uh, everything. So uh, I took somebody with me and uh, she's full of chiggers too. <laughs> so uh but yeah but uh i was worried that uh i was gonna get up the next morning and have all this tape stuck to my back door but what was interesting now check this out so i did get a photograph i took many pictures out there now i'm going to show you the camera i used because you wasn't on my other show this mm-hmm. is one of my cameras i used to use investigations that i yep that, detachable lens i've got about seven different lenses this is a seven uh uh 70 by 300 okay put new batteries in it program the date uh date time the year everything new batteries went out took about 70 80 pictures all right i have my real nice gps i did the coordinates on every camera i put out i covered a lot of acres a lot of acres i couldn't tell you how many square miles that's it took me about seven and a half eight hours took me a day and a half to do all this so eight batteries per camera right so I know from interviews and speaking to other people that's been in the field for years that they can also smell batteries and whatnot, different mm-hmm. batteries. So I use rechargeable batteries. I use nitclod batteries. I use lithium batteries. I use uh, regular Duracell. But so I mixed, I, I did a mixture of batteries too. Okay. So I, I did. So I, you see what I'm doing here? I'm doing a lot mm-hmm. of theories. So uh, I took a telescoping ladder uh, with me, which I didn't use because I was going to put them up 10, 12 feet up in the air and point them down. Right. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't this time. That's that's plan B and C. I got I got plan A, B, C, D and E. So um, we know that they move the cameras. They wave sticks. They look at them. Right. With the mm-hmm. eye. We know that they rip them off the trees and bite them mm-hmm. and toss them. So I don't know how many cameras I'm going to have, but I don't know. So 
uh, I got back and right for the show, uh, I was going to show some pictures uh, where I was at and what the woods look like. And right before the show, I was like, oh, my God. And everybody's like, what? You know how we are in the green room backstage. And I'm like, dude, I lost like 70% of my pictures. And my camera went back to 2009, January, wow. January 4th at 11 o'clock a.m. So I lost all these pictures. My my camera, I mean, the date and time changed. I don't know why it did all this, right? But we got one photograph. And I was clicking through it, you know, and I was like, well, this doesn't look right. So, but the problem is with that lens, we cannot judge the distance because it, it, it reaches out. Right, but right. We, co we compared it to somebody else's photograph of alleged Bigfoot sitting in the woods staring at him. And man, does it look almost identical. But the problem is, is I cannot go back to the original location to debunk it because right. I don't have the timestamp to match it up with the GPS coordinates to go right. back to recreate it and take more photographs and go out to that location to see what it is. So now it's just whatever. Yeah. So now check this out. So behind the house, now this is where it gets creepy. So behind the house, I'm walking and, uh, and I've put a bunch of, because this area is just don't seem right. Grass is not grown. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, grass does not grow in certain areas in, in shade. I know that, okay? But I know I'm, a, I'm an ex-hunter, okay? I know a difference between uh, a game trail and a trail. Mm -hmm. So when I'm looking at this area behind the houses, by my house and the neighbor's house, this area is just like awful large. So, and I put a bunch of cameras up there. So as I'm walking, I'm looking, I'm like, well, this don't look right. And I'm like, nah, paradoia, whatever. So I skip over it. So uh, I was talking to Chris and I was like, man, I was like, this is really bothering me. I need to go back and take a picture. It's getting rain and rain of what I saw. And he said, what'd you see? I was like, man, I don't know. It's just... I, I don't know why I didn't take a picture. So I went back and I measured it. It was a little over 13 inches in length. And it was weird. It wasn't wide. It was long, a long drive. Mm -hmm. But you can see the toe indentions. And the ground was so dry, the weight of it, it cracked the ground where it stepped. Okay. So, so now, now that gave me a little more teeth to sink into, right? A little more bite. Yep. Because you know where the middle, middle torsal break, right? The middle torsal break, yep. yep. So that was, that was there, but the heel impression was very deep, and so was the front part. But right where that break was, yep. you can see it. And right where the heel broke, it cracked the ground going from the heel over to it and right in front of the toes. So that okay. gave me now that now that gave me a little more teeth to bite into and maybe say okay maybe this could be possibly something. Mm -hmm. So then I followed one of the trails up to the neighbor's house. Guess what I found? A Let me very, guess. It went up went up to a window or something, and you found some the 
print something on the window. Close. Uh, a very oversized, big pear tree. Okay. And I looked, and I was like, well, this is strange, because that's a food source. I know deer yep. eat pears, right? Yep, absolutely. All right. So now, so now I know there's heavy traffic. Yep. So here I am. So I go all the way up to the neighbor's fence and I'm looking at the house and I'm looking at this pear tree. Guess what else I see? A single female, ladies and gentlemen, lives alone with kids. Now, this is awkward. I see cameras. Nobody has cameras in this neighborhood. Mm -hmm. People that have cameras, ladies and gentlemen, are usually the ones that are doing something that are illegal or up to no good. But why would you have cameras pointing at the woods? Because they've been experiencing stuff and they're trying to catch it on film. Okay. Now, yep. I did some research. I went back. The neighbor previously, uh huh, right where I was standing, used to raise chickens. Ah, okay. Yes. So now I'm thinking, aha. Uh -huh. So I don't know, ladies and gentlemen, a partridge in a pear tree. Sure, they're, they're they're used to um, food sources in that area, so either they're well, the theory is that they move based on uh, different food conditions in their territory, right? And they don't stay in one area more than a couple of weeks, so they don't overtax the food sources there. And then they only return on a specific cycle to give time for the food sources to kind of recuperate. Um, again, that's just theory and conjecture based on, you know, study patterns and stuff like that. And, and even when they come to an area, they don't usually hit the exact same area, but once every so often, depending on how large their territory is and how many individuals are in that clan. Um, so I could see is this possibly being an area where they're returning to and rescoping out food sources and, you know, and hey, the, the chickens aren't here anymore, but the pear tree is still here. You now, know, that, um, now, now, you know, about the sighting I had with the three turkeys. Remember that one? Yep. Yep. That's a half mile away from this location. Sure. Now, I went back to sneak to put up uh, some trail cams in that field. From, okay. Uh, from physical therapy because the gate was open. And I had okay. two trail cams. On the way back, I got brave enough to go ahead to drive in there to sneak on the, the field <laughs> property to do it. They cut the field. Okay. So I didn't do it. Huh? So, yeah, I backed out. Sure. So, huh. yeah. I mean, there's so many things there, though. I mean, if it's a single lady and kids, I mean, Bigfoot are known to just watch them. Oh, and and, and oh, just you know on. what I mean? Guess, just watch guess them like a TV. Next next to the fence, huh. a trampoline. Oh, yes. 
one of those okay. oversized trampolines. Yep, yep. So, so there's I, a lot, yeah. So that makes I'm sense. Not, I'm not saying that I, I've got something. I'm just saying that this is giving more creed and some more possibilities. Sure. Now, I yeah. want to go next door and bang on the door and be like, hey, we got these cameras up. Talk to me. Lady. <laughs> we, we need to talk. Right. But but what's really strange is <laughs> I didn't see her out all summer. Yeah. Nor did I see her kids out on the play set. Or on and the trampoline. I, or on the trampoline. Huh. Yeah, it makes you wonder if they're experiencing stuff and mom's saying don't go out in the yard or don't do this. And with the cameras, you know, if you're involved in certain illegal activities, your camera's going to be pointed more into your perimeter of your house and then watching your corners, watching. Yeah, well, even if it's on the back of the house, you're watching the back part of your house. You're not necessarily watching the wood line. Right. You know, depending on distances. And obviously, I'm not sure. But I mean, that's that's a little different, you know. So, yeah, I mean, it's a good possibility. You need to get to get a reason to go talk to her and, uh, and see if you can't get some information there. Uh, Potter maid, do you have any gray poupon? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to borrow a cup of sugar. By the way, you seen any Bigfoots out here? <laughs> Is there any reason why you don't let your kids play in the backyard? <laughs> right. So. Uh, I don't know. So it's bedtime. Huh. We'll take your phone to the bed, Catherine. Uh, welcome, <laughs> Kelly, to the show. Uh, how you doing there, <laughs> Kelly? So, but anyways, I just thought I'd tell you because I yeah. did a little homework and it was just, it was interesting. And ladies and gentlemen, it, it, it may not be, it may not be nothing, but, it, right. but when you look at the totality in law mm -hmm. enforcement, when we say the totality, we look at everything as a whole. Yep. You know, it gives us a lot of indicators and it gives us a more of a plausibility that there may be a possible chance of something yeah. going on. So now when I go mm -hmm. to check the trail cams and they're missing, you know, I got each one hand serialized. I've got pictures of the serialized, the serial numbers and the pictures of the cameras. So that way I can file the reports if they are missing. Mm -hmm. If I mm -hmm. can't find them, if they are tossed in the woods somewhere. And when I look, hello, Bigfoot and two old cougars. Welcome to the show. <laughs> so, but that's uh, a great name. <laughs> yeah, it is, right. But so I got all that covered. But, yep. uh, but the person that went with me, I'm not going to say who it was, but she was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I'm just trying a few things, right? Yeah, I'm just trying a few things. Uh, Brian, well, that's, that's, in my case, the residents approached me and asked if I was trapping porcupines with peanut butter. He <laughs> <Even laughs> being no traps, right? That's funny. Sure. Yep. So, well, and that, as researchers, man, that's kind of what we have to do. It's, it's like somebody said to me earlier about something you take a whole handful of Velcro balls and throw them at the target and see which one sticks. You know, it's kind of the same thing. And, and as researchers, we, we look at all the different stuff and then we can start connecting dots and discard stuff that doesn't connect and then keep it like, you know, like you said, like you're just following 
the signs that led to the house and then looking at the house and seeing all this different stuff. And that, that's what we do. That's what a researcher does. We don't go in there already automatically knowing what we're doing. We just look at everything and follow where it goes. A lot of times it leads, most of the time it leads nowhere. Right. But sometimes you, you get that and then you can follow through and you can see the patterns. Rebecca, there used to be a cop car in the driveway all the time. But if, if I would, if she would told me that there'd be an issue. Because everybody, <laughs> know, everybody knows who I am. So, uh, so yeah. So, I, I was uh, thinking the same thing, Rebecca. That thought did cross my mind. <laughs> that, 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 that's the but but I I now I did fail to mention this. Now I we did everybody did get a notice to make sure our trash is in trash bags because animals have been getting in yeah. trash cans. Now sure. to find down to find animals. Now mm -hmm. we do have raccoons and possums, so don't get yeah yeah. So yeah. But I just want to throw that out there and bring you up to speed because I haven't talked to you. Yeah. Well, um, I got some update going on. Um, I've finally been able to be convinced and started to research in another animal attack case. Really? Uh, yep. So myself and my research partner are going to be researching the Knott County attack on Corey Godsey. 13-year-old boy supposedly attacked by a pack of wild dogs. Um, and so, again, uh, we're going through and we started to research. I have contacted, uh, tracked down the coroner's office that was responsible for the autopsy. I have submitted my official written request um, for all the autopsy records. Um, I am working on contacting the... Uh, different reporters um, that covered the story to see if I can get any information from them. And my research partner has been uh, reaching out to the community in the area and family members um, to get more information from them and what they think is going on and everything like that. Um, so we're still in the early stages of everything, right? We don't have a whole lot of information. We're kind of in the data gathering section right now. Um, but that, that's kind of where we are. And as we get more information, I'm going to go ahead and update the audience on what we're finding and what's going on. Oh, interesting. Um, we have already run across three or four different theories from different people about what happened. Um, and so we're, we're going to be, be taking that on like, yep, already. Um, I don't, there's no, as of now, there's no evidence behind any of it. It's just what people are telling us what they think happened what they think didn't happen. And that's kind of where we're starting with all these different theories. And then when we get the autopsy reports, we can analyze those and then kind of see what they tell us. And, and we're just going to keep digging in to see what we can find with it. Interesting. Okay. Great. Yep. So we're going to, I'll keep you guys updated on that as we, we progress with it. Um, I said, I'm waiting to hear back from the, the coroner's office to find out what we can. Uh, Kentucky's a little different than Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee, I could just go online, submit an official request, and they emailed it to me in a couple of days. No big deal. And in, in Kentucky, I had to call uh, three different coroner's office to find who the right one was to call. And then that coroner office told me to call this guy at this mortuary house. You know, the, And I had to call him and talk to him directly. And he said I had to send him a handwritten uh, snail mailed letter 
requesting the documents and then they have to mail it back to me. So it's a longer process. So this is going to be an interesting one. Yeah, I think you said something to me about that before. And, and I, yeah. you know, with all the laws and KRSs, and KRSs yeah. in, in Kentucky, ladies and gentlemen, and stands for Kentucky Revised Statutes. That is the law in Kentucky on the books. So uh, it seems like there should be something on there. It should be a facsimile, email, anything like that electronically should be acceptable. Yep. Yep. So but yeah, I, never, the, the, I never did look it look it up. So I'll, that's yep. my fault. It's all right. Yeah, Rebecca. Um, unfortunately, the thirteen-year-old boy was found deceased, um, partly up a hill. Um, and that that's all part of the stuff. What we're looking at. He was thirteen years old, and uh, yeah, he was he was deceased on it. So we're we're gonna dig into it and then see what we can find out. You know. And we're just going to go from there. I'm not going in with any assumptions because I don't do that. I'm simply going to look at the evidence, look at the theories that are presented to me and, and match the evidence to, to what we're being told and then kind of see what we come up with, just like we did with the Cot County case. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Brian, Brian, FOIAs are a little bit different. Um. I could submit FOIA requests, but I prefer to try and work directly with the specific agencies and get the public records first. Um, because a lot of FOIA cases are also um, redacted in a lot of ways and all this kind of stuff. So that, that's something for specific cases you can do a FOIA thing. Um, but a lot of what I'm doing right now is simply put public research, public records, and then kind of digging behind the scenes on stuff where I can. Yeah, yeah, it's a sad case. It really is. Um, there, there's some things that don't add up for it, so that's why you know people are asking me to check it out, and we're we're just gonna see what we can come up with. Interesting. So, yeah, it, it's gonna be something else. Um, but yeah, so that's where we're at with with what I got going on with my research and kind of what we're into and all that kind of fun stuff. Wow. Yep. Yeah, it's, it is, Rebecca. It's real. It's real sad to lose a child that way. Uh, yeah, and you know what? What drives me in these cases, guys? To be honest with you, is if it was a dog man attack, like people are claiming, then then the people we need to be made aware that this is a possibility and this is a danger, and we need to be able to take action against it. Okay. If they're not dogman attacks, then I feel it does a disservice and a dishonor to the family to be claiming it as a dogman attack and, and not accepting the reality for what it is, right? So it's both things. If it's a dogman attack, I want to be able to come out and say, yes, it is, and we need to be aware of it, right? And then what are you doing about it? You know, but at the same time, I can't imagine I have six kids. I can't imagine losing my kid in a horrific way. And people claiming it was a monster when when in my view, it was a horrible accident. You, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like that, that would tear right. me up even more that people are spreading lies or rumors or however you want to phrase it about my kid or my child. You know, so that, right. that, that's really what motivates me to do this research and to, to figure out what's going on. Um, uh, 
Bigfoot and the two old cougars now. Uh, codgers. Is that codgers? Yeah. Yeah, so, two old codgers. I kind of like two old cougars better, but two yeah, old codgers, yeah, that works. No, right? <laughs> it, it, that is called trifocals. That is called trifocals. Uh, so Mr. Um, Becker brought me in on the Cock County. The Cock County ones, yeah. yeah. And, and he used my ex-law enforcement uh, detective skills, and I went on it blind. And, uh, yep. and I used the totality of the autopsy report in the news statements in the police department's uh, mm -hmm. stories and statements to form my professional opinion on the case. Because a lot yep. of people were claiming uh, Bigfoot and two old codgers that there was a dogman attack. And they so, still are. And once I went through the totality of all the evidence and the autopsy reports, the medical reports, and mm -hmm. and uh, we had the autopsy reports, in, yep. and uh, we displayed them. Uh, yep. We had copies of them, and I told everybody on the air, if you want a copy of them, here's my email address, uh, yep. and I'll send them to you. And yep. Everybody in the audience said, dog man, dog man, dog man. And not one person sent me an email wanting the autopsy report. And yep. uh, there's a lot of stuff I couldn't read on the air because of some of the platforms we we are yeah. on. Because we're on 15 platforms and about 80-something Facebook groups. Uh, so some of the graphic verbiage I couldn't read. So we kind of yep. like, you know, changed the verbiage a little bit. But you 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 can still see it on the screen. Yep. I mean, you can still read it. And, but like the toxicology was on there. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, the, the, the wounds, the depth of the wounds, uh, the lacerations, uh, all the, the terminology was there. Yep. Uh, why, why, why the arm was amputated. And, and so it went into great detail. Yep. But, absolutely. But uh, at the end, at the end of the conclusion, uh, it did not point towards uh, a dogman attack. It it just nope was a and great torso and and another dog allegedly. Okay, yep. So uh, five up to five dogs is, is in the pack, and and I'll say it again, and I say it every time we talk about this grizzly. If anybody has any evidence that points to any other direction i am open to looking at it and i am open to changing my conclusion based on the evidence a hundred percent and i i tell this to everybody that argues with me and not a single person has prevent has presented me with any type of evidence whatsoever to the contrary they'll tell me all kinds of stuff and I'll say, okay, well, where's your documentation for that? Where are you getting this information? And not a single person has produced anything to refute it. Hey, and Wild that, Bill. Welcome to the know. show, Wild Bill. Now, uh, but, I, uh, I, I will say this for Mr. Decker's defense. Uh, what, was there a cover-up? Yes, there was a cover-up. Yes, the there cover -up was. The cover-up was for two other reasons. Not yep. for... The dogman attack, allegedly, exactly. it was yep. for other reasons tied to the suspect and the dog's owners. Exactly. Uh, that was the cover-up. That was the yep. reason for the, the delusion of the information uh, yep. because they actually busted themselves in the autopsy report in the media releases. Yeah. They, they actually, they, they told on themselves is what happened. 
So yeah, and I, I think it's pretty obvious what happened, but um, but he, his specific question, he's talking about uh, the, Gore, the Corey Godsey case um, being up the hill. No, um, the original attack is said to have taken place in the backyard of the residence, and then he was dragged up the hill. Um, so that's one of the things that we're looking specifically because the official police report is claiming it was a pack of wild dogs, feral dogs, not just wild, but feral. You know, they were house pet breeds kind of a thing. Um, and they got this information, they said, from DNA off of the body that they collected, which should be in the reports. And due to some surveillance and knowledge in the area, they found a pack of wild dogs living in a mine, like an abandoned mine shaft, close to the property. They captured these dogs, did DNA tests, and the DNA matched samples from the body to some of the dogs in the pack. Okay? So to them, that was conclusive proof that these dogs attacked and killed him and dragged him up the hill. Um, so some of the points that we are going to be specifically looking for is what was the breeds of these dogs? Okay. Um, because one thing we know about dogs in a pack mentality, they don't work very well to be able to coordinate dragging a body up a steep wooded forested hill um, quite a distance. And that's what they're claiming happens. So that's what we're going to look at. Um, some people say it was small breed dogs like corgis, right? And things like that. And that's just not a feasible option. So that's what we're going to look at is find out definitively what breeds they're talking about and what kind of dogs are they talking about and how can they explain a pack of dogs hauling, dragging this 13 year old boy up a hillside? Because from my understanding, and I'm not an expert on, on dog behavior and pack behavior, that, that is unusual. That in and of itself would be an unusual circumstance, right? Um, because there, there's no reason for a pack to draw to drag a body up a hill. If a pack of dogs attacks a person, um, they generally consume them on the spot because they're in a pack and they're attacking the, you know, uh, feral dogs don't just drag bodies up around, you know? So that's where we're going to look at the wounds and the autopsy reports. So there, there's a lot of data points that we need to correct, corroborate for their story to make sense. You know, well, not, not only that, there are also protocols and laws in place. Yep. So uh, when there is an attack, uh, a dog bite, let's just call it a dog bite. Okay. Yeah. Yep. There are laws in place that law enforcement and animal control must do at that yes. point as soon yes. as they are notified. So yes. that's where I look at whatever he presents. If he does bring, mm -hmm. if, if he does bring it to me, then I check yeah. in for the laws and I follow and see if they follow the proper yep. protocol in the laws that are on the books. Yep. And then I look at the the what I call the detailed and the articulation of the reports uh, mm -hmm. and what they say and how they say things. Because I'm also yep. a handwriting analysis person. I've been certified in that through my law enforcement experience. Yep. So there's and a lot of things I help him out if if he that's does the key with the, the research in. guys. And that's what I, I try and express to people. Is Midnight the fact swatchers? that I don't, I don't rely on my own information and my own knowledge, right? 
Um, my research partners, one is a registered nurse. He used to be a trauma nurse in the ER. So he is very familiar with trauma and how it's treated and the way things work in an emergency room and in a hospital setting, right? That he's devoted his life to this. So he knows that stuff, right? One of my other research partners was a deputy coroner. So he understands the process of the autopsy and how the coroner works and, and everything, every step of the way he knows, and he has a full understanding of it. Um, he was also a search and rescue captain. He did search and rescue for 30 years. He was an EMT. He worked with the fire department. So this guy has a full, complete understanding of the processes of responding to an emergency situation of what a search and rescue operation looks like and, and what is correct and what is not correct. I do not rely on my own information or my own knowledge to do these investigations. I rely on experts but like Grizzly and a law enforcement expert. I, I rely on what they say and that's what I go by. And so that's where I am very confident when I do my research that we're coming to the right conclusion. Because there's a lot of times I'll throw a theory out there and they're like, no, no, no. You see this here? This says different. And that's what we do before I even present anything. Um, I'm checking with expert, and if I don't have an expert in that particular field, I will find an expert in that particular field to, to talk to. You know, I have people that work for vets offices for 20, 30 years. I have people that train animals, uh, people that work specifically with large, aggressive breed dogs and behavioralists. Like I have friends in all those fields and I bounce questions off them and theories off them so we can make sure we're really covering it because I really want to know the truth and figure out what's going on. You know, and that's really important. If you have a researcher and they're doing all the work themselves and they're going, a secret source told me this, you know, that to me, that that's not being transparent and that's not really following on all the research that you need to do. You know, it's really important. And ladies and gentlemen, if you have not watched my crime show, as I do on Friday nights at 6 p.m. with the psychics and people with abilities, if the department's done something and they made a mistake, I'll call them out. Yeah. And and I will actually call the detective in charge of the case and record the phone call. I've actually called the FBI on cases and yep. record the phone call. And uh, I don't have a problem with that. So uh, I'm very neutral. If somebody brings me a case and wants me to review it, I look at everything neutral. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I know a lot of departments don't like that. I know the shirt I'm wearing, if you see what it says on it. Yeah. Uh, maybe I shouldn't air that on the show. Maybe I should keep my <laughs> camera up a little bit. But, but I'm just saying, you know, I just want to make sure people don't jump to conclusions and everybody yeah. wants the new LBL to be out there, right? Yeah. And it's real easy to start the rumor mill. Oh gossip. man. I, I once, even today, once you get it, you get it man, going, it's, it's hard to oh, stop. Even today, man, I'm, I'm, and I didn't even get, but people drew me into it where people are saying false things that just aren't true and accurate about, about the, the County attack. And it's, it's, it gets frustrating, man. It really does. Right. Cause now I'm hearing uh, Amber had her arm tore off and had a leg tore off and all this. And, and one of the bites had 63 teeth marks in it. And none of that anywhere is factual or substantiated. 
And that's the only thing we can go by as researchers. Other than that, it's all made up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And it's, it gets frustrating. So the research is important. Excuse me. Look at the details. And you can't just take people's word for stuff. You need to find the documentation. Otherwise, it's simply opinion and conjecture and half of it is false. And I try to be very, very clear when I'm being uh, when I'm giving an opinion or I'm giving a theory as opposed to I can say when something is fact. I may not always clarify, but I always try to, you know, this is my theory. This is conjecture. This is my opinion. Or these are the facts of the case as we can see them documented. Yeah, Brian, uh, I do that. Uh, I don't have a problem. People send me all kinds of cases uh, I review. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, absolutely, Brian, I'll do that. Yeah. So, yeah, Midnight Squatchers, that'd be all. It is a wild story. Uh, yeah. Uh, did it happen? Uh, yeah, I say it did happen. It uh, happened. The question is, what happened? That is that is the fact right there. <laughs> yep. that's, that's the yep. perfect way to, to, to put that statement. So Yeah. And, and really then is. looking at that. Okay, so I haven't done my own research on that, you know, because, I mean, it's an overdone case as far as I'm concerned. Everybody's done research on it already. Me going over it, the only information I would really find is the information that's already out there that everybody's already gone through. So there's no real point for me to do any research on that, right? Um, I have a lot of friends and respected people that have done the research on that, and I value their opinion. And then they say, this is legitimate how this happened, and you know, and I go by that. I go by that. That's one of those cases where I believe the known evidence points to it was an attack by an unknown creature. And it looks like given what we know or can think would be a dogman or a dogman like creature. I'll put it that way. It wasn't any of the known predators that were out there. And it doesn't look like it was a human caused issue. And that's what we have to go with. You know what I mean? All right. So no disrespect to Mr. Decker, but I'm going to do this one time. Yeah. I'm going to look at the camera while I say this. And I said this on the air last time somebody said this to me. If this guy is legit, take a polygraph test. If you're going to mm -hmm. badmouth the people that's deceased and call them liars that's no longer here on earth to defend themselves and their story, then I said on the air, and I'll say it again, quit doing your shows take a polygraph test, I'll make the phone call. We'll validate your story. There, there you go, you go. Mr. Barber. Yep. Because the reality is, we all want to know the truth. Well, number one, I don't take kindly to anybody calling anybody a liar. Mm -hmm. I don't take kindly anybody disrespecting somebody that's not alive. Mm -hmm. They cannot yep. defend themselves. So there are alleged reasons why this person, I'm not going to name the person, why they allege, mm -hmm. why they waited, whatever the reason they want to say, whatever. Yep. I said on the air and I said it again, take a polygraph test. It's the only thing yep. we'll nail it.
with the technology we have today, ladies and gentlemen, we went over this before on that show. You ain't going to pass a polygraph test for narcotics in your system. I'm sorry, not with the technology we have today. I'm not talking about a back hoods, you know, <laughs> and I, I, I'm no, no offense to you, Justin, or no, or, no, or my county where I live in hazard yep. or, or wherever backwoods. I'm talking a major city, yep. you know, that's got the, the latest technology, you know, not yep. some 40 or 50 lie detector polygraph examiner. Right. Technology. Right. I'm talking the, you know, that's 10, 15 years old or newer. I'm yep. just saying, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to the guy. I'm just saying, do not be disrespectful to the people that are past and their yep. family. That's what I almost said a naughty word on the air. That's what <laughs> makes me upset. Exactly. Yeah. If well you said. want to disagree, you can disagree. Uh-huh. But the comments I heard is downright disrespectful and unwarranted and mm -hmm. it's not needed in this community. Agreed. And I won't say nothing else. There you go. So, <laughs> so now that we haven't even touched the topic we were going to talk about tonight. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, you Lordy. Know, I, I, I will take up for people in, in the community, you know, yeah. when, I, when I think it's necessary. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when when I when I first saw that and, you know, it, it, oh. it bothered me, you know, it. Yeah. Was just, yeah. You know, because if that was my mom or dad and uncle that's no longer here, you know, yep. it, 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 that's very disrespectful. Exactly. You know. Yep. So and there there's a right way to communicate things and there's a right way to explain things. Yep. So. But, yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome back to the show. I'm about to die. I'm, I, I'm about to scratch my skin off my body. So, uh, Brian, Brian Barber <laughs> didn't know what chiggers were. And, you know, I told, oh. the, I, I told the people in UK today, uh, uh, I, they're like, how, you know how they talk funny, right, over UK. And cause I, I do a lot of UK shows <laughs> on, on, with them. Uh, off my shows and uh, they're like, how are you doing today? And I'm like, I'm full of checkers. And they're like, oh, that's <laughs> awesome. And I'm like, what the hell you mean? it's awesome. It's terrible. And they're like, no, it's great. And I'm like, you don't know what chiggers are, do you? They're like, uh, no. And then just say you don't know what they are. But yeah, <laughs> poor Kelly, uh, look. See, she don't even know what they are, right? But anyway. Chiggers, uh, little balls of satanic fire. Is what chiggers are. <laughs> I thought the, I've been calling them turkey mites all these years. Is what I've been calling them. Oh, I don't know. I just when, growing when up, we call them chiggers. Yeah, when somebody showed me pictures of them, uh -huh. what they actually look like. I thought those were turkey mites, but I know oh. what chiggers are on the body because I got yeah, them. yeah, yep. But yep. I thought oh. bug that that uh, yeah, I thought they were turkey mites. So. No. So, anyways, hello Kelly Drews. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, what was uh, what, what was we going to talk about? <laughs> I done forgot. Uh, we were just going to talk about some a uh, couple of really odd cases that I've talked that I've gotten uh, personally, where I've talked to the witnesses um, through social media. 
and just kind of uh, bringing it out there about some of these weird things that have happened. I know I've, I've alluded to them a couple times on the shows. Uh, I know you and I have talked about some of them briefly, um, but just a couple of really weird, and I don't mean weird like the people are weird, but just very unusual incidences that people have contacted me about. And what's, what's amazing about it is I get, a, these people get a hold of me um, in, in different Facebook groups that are not paranormal related. Right. And so for me, right off the bat, I'm already thinking there, there's some credibility here, right? Because they're not going to some paranormal group with some story that they made up or got off Reddit or, or creepypasta there. They, they mentioned something in a non-related group. And I, I tell them that I'm open and willing to hear them and not ridicule them and to listen to their story and discuss it what I can. And so they message me and they tell me their story. And uh, that, that's a big one for me. That's what I enjoy doing because a lot of people experience a lot of crazy things in this life. And they're afraid nobody's going to believe them. Or they're afraid right. people are going to call them crazy or mock them. I mean, how, how many times do we see that within the Bigfoot groups and dogman groups and paranormal groups, right? right? Right. And so I just I just give them an ear and let them tell me their story. And these two particular stories, one of them is a very short one and one is a little more lengthy. Um, they're not that uncommon, in fact. And that's what I let them know is you're not the only one to experience these things. You're not the only one to see these things. You're not crazy. You, you just had an experience and that's okay. You know, um, the first one I will talk about is a recent one that somebody told me about very short. Um, this lady had just asked if anybody had heard of this thing that she saw. And so I got her to give me some details and tell me about it. This happened in Tennessee. Um, near Elizabethan and apparently this lady is a practitioner of different types of meditation and, and stuff like that and she was doing what she called lucid meditation um, uh, in her backyard next to like a creek kind of a thing or a small river um, and I asked her to explain what she meant by lucid meditation you know because that was a new phrase for me and then traditional meditation, you're closing your eyes, you're blocking out the outside stimuli, and you're focusing on your inner self. Okay, that's like traditional meditation. She said with lucid meditation, it's kind of the opposite. You're not blocking out the outside world. You're loosening yourself to be able to absorb and to experience more of the outside world and to be more connected with the outside world. So it's kind of like meditation in reverse. She called it lucid meditation. And while she was out there doing this, um, she noticed down by the side of the river, uh, she said it was like six feet away or so, was a very big, she said either like a toad or a frog. Okay, so either one. Many people can't tell the difference, so that's not a big deal. So it was very like dark brown, she said it was massive, like, like a dinner plate size. And she noticed it sitting there on the rock. She didn't see it before she went into meditation, but she did see it at this point. Okay. But then she said it turned its head and looked at her. But she said it didn't turn its head like a frog. It turned its head like a person. 
And the face was a human face. And then when it looked at her, that's when she saw on the back of the head had stringy, dark, wet hair. When it was facing away from her, she didn't see any hair. It looked just like a big toad. But when it turned, she could see a face in the hair. And she said it looked at her with almost a look of like disgust. Like, oh, I can't believe you saw me kind of a thing. And then it just turned and hopped into the river and disappeared. So that, that's the extent of the encounter. Okay. And, and at face value, it's kind of like, wow, okay. She was hallucinating. She was imagining something, all this kind of stuff, right? But the problem is there's elements of that that I have heard before. There's elements in the story that have come up before. Okay. And, and this is weird because I've been trying to find it. I have seen, at least in my brain, I'm seeing it, a watercolor painting in, in Asian style, like Japanese style. Okay. If you're familiar with like the watercolor paintings and with the different Japanese uh, demons and spirits and all this kind of stuff, I can see this in my mind's eye where there is a frog type creature with a human face, a woman's face and woman's hair. And, and I can actually see the picture in my brain because I see in pictures and there's like a, a peach background to it. That's the watercolor, the, the light peach. And there's, there's like three or four of these things in different poses in this picture. And so what she's describing to me was not an unknown thing. I can't remember the name. I can't place the picture and I've been searching for it. I'm going to find it. Um, so there, there's that element of it. Um, I have heard of people seeing things in this, this meditative in nature state. Um, sometimes with the use of different types of, of uh, chemical inspiration and sometimes without. Um, and there, there's one story I remember reading where there were some people out in the yard in, in um, the UK somewhere. And they saw like a bunch of little people like in a line, like a caravan like walking along the edge of their garden in the woods, right? So I, th this type of sighting is not unfamiliar to me. And, and also the look of, of disgust or disdain or that look of, wow, I can't believe you, you can see me. That, that is very common in, in different type of paranormal encounters. Bigfoot encounters, right? How many times have we heard it looked at me like it was surprised that I saw it? You, uh, you know what I mean? And, and so all those elements put together ring of truth to me because, again, I have heard these elements in lots of different stories and lots of different attributes. Um, that was our whole conversation. That's what she told me. That's the report I took from her. Obviously, I have no way of saying if it's truth or not or whether she's just telling me a really well-crafted story or not. I don't know. Right. So I can't say one way or the other. But I do know that in her telling it to me, it sounded very sincere. She readily answered my questions. There wasn't anything that was like, didn't line up or didn't match to the story. So there was elements in there that I'm going, if she's telling me a story, it was very well made up with the right elements in it. You know, but I mean, have you guys in the audience ever heard of anything like that or a similar experience or that type of creature have you seen the pictures that i'm talking about so i want to get some feedback from you guys 
and from you too, Grizzly, on, on if you've heard anything similar or kind of like it or what your take on it is. Uh, I never heard of a frogman. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Now I know, uh, I think of a comic book frogman. <laughs> well, I know I like, like but, Japanese lore has like the Kappa and or Kappa and all these other things, but they're right. different types of water demons, but they're not described specifically like that. I know, Ohio has the Loveland frog, um, which is a cryptid, but at the same time, it's described differently. That's more of a a humanoid frog that was walking upright, three to four foot tall, blah, blah, blah. So not the same description as this was. To me, this sounds more like, and then just because we don't have another phrasing for it, something like the fae, like the fairy folk, or just something from that that other realm. You know what I mean? It's kind of what it sounded like to me. But I wonder how many other people have seen stuff. Because yeah. I've met people in Tennessee that saw stuff that didn't know what they saw until uh-huh. I met them. They were like, well, you're into this stuff. I've seen this. I don't know what it is. I'm, oh, I know what that is. Let me show you a picture. Like, that's it. Yeah. Yes. Identical. Yeah. And and I, I don't tell anybody, but everybody in town knows because they've seen something similar, too. And it's yeah, like, but nobody wants to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know that it's, it's a great story. I'm going to keep researching it to see if I can find anything on it. <clears throat> and that's what I told her is like, really, there's not much I can tell you, but I will look into it and I will try and find something. I will Cliff, find that picture because I remember seeing that picture. <laughs> Cliff Jones, I see blue when I open the third eye, and then I see shapes and figures of people. Interesting. Yeah. It was explained as codes. She's using codes because of the. I guess. Uh, yeah, because of <laughs> one, one of our uh, platforms. Oh, okay. So, but uh, so that no, was one good Jack, story. I wish uh, Irene was in here because Irene would know because she's from Japan. Oh, that'd be perfect. Yeah. So, that would have been great. Usually, usually, Irene's up this late because she can't sleep. She is, <laughs> uh, uh, she is a uh, uh, psychic and she has okay. a lot of abilities well, and she knows a lot of Japanese. <laughs> Well, of course, she's going to know Japanese and Chinese folklore. Sure, that'd be great. I would love to get her take on it. Maybe she'll um, watch this afterwards and maybe get you know contact you and then kind of give us some information. That'd be great. If not, let's try and make a mental note the next show we see her in to bring it up and we can ask her about it. That'd yeah. be fantastic. Yeah, I that'd see be fantastic. her three, four times a week. So, yeah, I ask her about that. Okay, awesome. So, yeah, well, the next report I got was a very interesting report out of North Florida. Um, and this was a guy in a hiking group who came onto the hiking group and it was being very vague, just asking people if they'd ever seen anything strange or anything weird while they were hiking. Just, just, just kind of fishing to see kind of what the response would be. And a lot of people kind of made fun of them and cracked jokes about meth heads and all this kind of stuff. Right. Um, 
but I, I reached out to him and I said, Hey man, you know, if I'll be happy to talk to you if you want to message me and, and, uh, you know, we, we can talk about it and just tell me what you saw. And so he did. And he relayed a story to me. Um, that is, is probably the most unusual story I've ever directly gotten reported to me. It's absolutely fascinating in several different elements. So this guy is a, um, a professional. Uh, he's a professional in a specific industry. Uh, well-educated man. Um, he enjoys hiking. Uh, there, there are several hiking trails in Florida, definitely not like up here in the mountains, right. But through the Everglades and through the forest, the Florida woods and stuff. And so he was out hiking on a popular trail one day and he was coming across some hog sign. Now for you guys that don't know, uh, hogs are all over the place in, in Florida. It's a huge problem down there. Um, they run in huge packs and they can be dangerous. They can be very dangerous. So he was being wary and he was paying attention to what was going on. And he came to an area and he, he heard something grunting. So he went and looked and kind of went through the brush off trail a little bit. And he, he found a hog waller with a big, big hog in it. Just a big old hog. He said he could smell it. It was just a massive hog. And it was just kind of laying there. So he kind of stopped and watched it for a minute. Um, and then suddenly it stood up. It just stood up. Okay. Like, like it alerted. Now, if you ever seen a hog laying down, all of a sudden it alerts, like it hears something, it stands up on alert. But then he said it was weird because this thing froze, like, like didn't move at all. It wasn't breathing. The ear wasn't twitching. It wasn't grunting. It completely froze static. Okay. And then he said it, it started to change. Um, the, the legs kind of just kind of absorbed up into the body. The head just kind of melted and, and became featureless and, and kind of absorbed into the body. And the, the whole body just kind of turned into this floating block. And, and he described it as like a water balloon filled with oil it was the best way he could describe it. Like, like those squeezy balls, you know, the stress balls that are filled with liquid and you can see the liquid moving around and all that kind of stuff through a really thin membrane. He said, that's what it looked like. The surface was oily looking and it was just kind of like a bubble just kind of floating there, but it was black. And then from there, it started stretching taller. So it went from lengthwise as a hog into this ball this way. And then it started going this way. And, and as it went up, it started forming another shape. And he could see shoulders starting to, to appear at the top. And the head started coming out. And then the legs were extending down and he could see feet. And it morphed into a person. But not just into a person, but a fully clothed hiker with sunglasses and a backpack. Like uh, He said it was like a camel pack, right? The water packs. He said yeah, it was like uh, one no. of those. Oh, hell no. I know, right? No, and, no, and no. And I'm just no, listening no, to this no, guy, no, and I'm no, like, oh, no, holy cow, no. dude. 
And he said once it formed, it was it was completely no, still no, again. No. Mm -mm. And then it started. Mm -hmm. Then it like it unpaused and started moving and walked out of the brush and onto the trail and then walked off. And he said he turned around and ran terrified back to his vehicle. Which I think I probably would just would have had a heart attack and died right there. Like, I'm not going to lie. That would have been the end for me. Um, but that was his story. And, and he was, like, really hesitant to tell me. He was afraid. I think he was crazy and all this. And I, I can understand why. I can understand why. And, and so I started asking him to, to dis describe in detail. Possibly. We don't know. Right, Brian? I mean... It, Possibly, possibly, Ooh. but, but mm -mm. here's the thing. I asked him, I asked him one very specific question about his description of that amorphous blob. I said, you described it as like an oil filled balloon kind of thing. Right. And I said, can you picture a thick black garbage bag? floating in the air could it kind of be described like that and i had a reason for asking that and he said you know that is actually another really good description of how somebody could describe what i saw okay now here's why i asked him that because i have heard over the years probably three or four reports of people seeing what they described as a garbage bag filled with air floating across the landscape. Okay. And it was like black, shiny, like a yard bag. Right. And, and one of the reports said that they would see this thing floating across their backyard at night with no wind or no way to carry it. And it wasn't like just blowing in a wind. It was just kind of floating across the yard. Uh, and I've heard know. something very similar to that plastic. In fact, just to, to promote, not promote, but talk about another podcast, Expanded Perspectives is a great podcast. And they talk about this a few different times. And that's where I heard that one story from uh, of seeing a black. And they started asking people who's seen something like this. So it's a phenomenon that people are experiencing. And so I'm wondering, I'm, seeing if there's a connection between that black garbage bag that nobody has an answer for. Could it be some sort of entity, some sort of elemental and does it have the ability to shift forms? Maybe that amorphous blob is its natural state. Maybe that is its form and it has the ability to change to other things, depending on what's happening in the environment. Because his suggestion was maybe this was like a skinwalker, right? Maybe it was a guy who for some some crazy had the ability to transform to a hog, which is another possibility. We don't know, right? But he was, again, completely sincere. He's checking his own. He was going to go check with um, um, the Native Americans in the area, um, the, the name of the tribe is escaping me right now, North Florida, if anybody can throw it out there for me. Um, but he was going to go check with Indian lore to see if any of the locals knew anything about anything like that. 
but just just an amazing story that, that this guy experienced. And and I just assured him, you know, I've heard other stories. I've never heard that exact story. I've never heard of anybody seeing the transition like that. That that was completely blew my mind. You know, um, I've heard of transitions of one thing to another. Or or an animal running into a bush and a human coming out the other side. I've heard those kinds of stories, but I've never had a report come to me describing the process of the transformation. Um, Brian, I asked him that question. He said he did not recall any other types of smells or sounds or anything like that. He said the whole transformation process took maybe 15, 20 seconds in total from hog to person walking away. Um, but other than just smelling that the hog smell when he walked up to the wallow, um, he didn't recall any other sights or sounds. I asked him if he heard anything while it happened. If, because sometimes, you know, you'll hear birds and then the event during the event, there's no sound at all, you know, things like that. But he said he, he couldn't recall anything other than just those, seconds where he watched in amazement as this thing transformed into a person and walk and took off walking. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, can you imagine? I mean, I, I can't even like that's, that's wild. That's wild. It's the man from Glad. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. what do you guys think of that? I mean, have you heard anything about, you know, shape-shifting like that? Because we've talked about shapeshifters before. So, That's not an uncommon thing. But what about that specific transformation process? Transformation from the blobs? From people? Yeah. Yes. Out of people? Yes. Mm -hmm. Demonic? Yes. But from an animal to the blob to uh, a human figure, no. Mm -hmm. So, hello, uh, Wendell Mosley. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you. What was he smoking? Well, that's that's one of the questions I asked the people. Were were you inebriated in any way? Were you partaking in anything? And he said, well, I do sometimes. He's like, but not on this trip. And I, I was per completely sober all the way. Completely sober all the way. And Wendell, anytime we interview people, uh, uh, cat balls, you crack me up. They, they are going off like crazy cat. Anytime we uh, interview people, Wendell, we always ask also very cautiously, about mm -hmm. uh, their mental state, about medications, yep. uh, if they're on any, are they taking any, have they quit yep. taking any. Uh, there, there's a very uh, process that we go through. Uh, I mean, we just don't say, hey, Mr. Decker, so you had an experience, so tell us about it. And that's it. I mean, we actually go through a lengthy process, an interview process. Yep. To make sure that, you know, that because mental uh, awareness in, is a big issue in the world today. Mental uh, illness yep. is, is very huge and, and it is a problem. Yep. Uh, and I'm, I'm not going to deny that. Yep. Uh, uh, first responders, people in military, 
uh, traumatic events, uh, mm-hmm. near death experiences, uh, you know, people losing loved ones, the children's uh, parents, yeah. however you want to look at it can alter a human mind. The human mind absolutely protects itself. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if we look at paranormal stuff, uh, we can look at it as good versus evil. Uh, we can look at it as uh, the, the string theory, if you ever yep. heard of that. Uh, we know there's three dimensions. Scientifically, it's proven we are, we're up to 11 dimensions. Yeah, uh, We talk about this in other shows. We talk about frequencies. We talk about how we can see on certain uh, levels. And yep. deer and other animals can see on other frequencies and other levels. We cannot infrared, yep. IR, and so forth. Same thing with yep. hearing, right? Certain animals. So, yep. uh, I mean, there's a lot of possibilities. So, uh, and yes, and I'm not saying, uh, no, when, no, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's a great question because yeah, me being in, in law enforcement, you know, I couldn't tell you how many times I've, I've taken reports. I've been like, yeah, <laughs> what did you do before I got here? Uh-huh. Yep. You know, but after a while, but, you know, you're like, man, you know, when you're starting to get people from Tennessee, from Georgia, from uh, California, from Washington, Oregon, yep. New York, South Carolina, Virginia, and they're all telling you the same story. And none yep. of these people know each other. Now, wait a minute. Now we got some credence here. Now exactly. we got something to start to bite into. And now we need to step back and 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 start taking a look. And here I use this word, totality, right? Totality, yep. I use a lot. Law enforcement is everything as a whole. And look at everything because, you know, everybody's not going to conjure up the same thing nope. in the same story. And now, it's the little say, details. The little right. details that make the difference. And I will say this, Wendell. Now, is there little Johnny running around out there in an ape suit, drunk, causing havoc in an ape suit? Yes, absolutely. There are hoaxes and people fakes. Yes, we do yep. have those. Yep. Now, there are things that, that, you know, that sound crazy, like Brian Barber. Brian, I love you to death. You said I can use you. I'm going to use you. Now, this guy... <laughs> If you don't know him and, and you heard his story, you'd be like, dude, this guy is smoking on a pipe. Mm-hmm. There ain't no way he has done what he's did with Bigfoot. And he, there ain't no way he's got what he's got in his freezer. Now, I, I can't help from laughing every time, Brian. I'm sorry about the sweet and low, but I'm just saying. <laughs> but, you know, I have probably done over... 1,800 interviews, maybe over 2,000 interviews in my lifetime, civilian and in law enforcement. So I've got a lot of certifications, ATF, FBI, Homeland Security, mm-hmm. uh, a, a lot with the law enforcement and also through the uh, private sector, too, because the civilian sector, the the private companies, you got to have their certifications as well. Yep. But anyways, but there's a lot of things you learn about human behavior and uh, body language, micro expressions, and so forth. I'm not going to go into great detail because of active law enforcement that uses the techniques. And if we have bad people watching the show, I don't want to give the tricks. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it, 
you know, it, it's very interesting. And that, there's books I will recommend people to, to uh -huh. go out and, and to buy. And you will lose friends. Oh, yeah. You'll learn your family <laughs> members that are not telling the truth. And uh, that's why I'm not married, Wendell. <laughs> I'm sorry. And if my daughter's watching the show, she knows. So, um, but, uh, but no, and you know, but this is how we look at things, right? Yeah. And, and window, I used to, uh, years ago only believed in certain things. And when I say certain things, I'm talking Bigfoot and so forth. Now, window, you're going to laugh at me. I believe in fairies. I believe in yep. mermaids and, and you're going to, you're probably laughing. And you know what? I have interviewed people on my show and have fairies fly in front of their camera live being televised on the air across worldwide. And I'm like, did you just see that fairy fly in front of your camera? They're like, yeah, we got them around. They, they, they're in the house. They mess with the bird feeders. And, and I'm like, you do, 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 do. And everybody's like, stop the video and rewind. And it's like, it had wings and legs and arms. I'm like, I told you it was a fairy. Now, there's a difference between an orb and a fairy, and we can go in yep. a different show. But it's yep. very interesting. But if once you start interviewing stuff yeah. and talking to people, you sit back and you're like, wow, you know, now we got some credence to something, right? So yep. is this is this a possibility? You know, now it, it'll be different if you got, you know, four or five of Justin's friends saying, Hey, Grizzly, you know what? Last weekend, you know, I saw this. And then his buddy, a week from now, I'm like, hey, last month, I saw this. You know, that's a little different, you know, because right. in, in law enforcement, you know, spouses and, and, and girlfriends, boyfriends, that your testimony really don't count. It's out the window. I'm sorry. I hate to say that. It really doesn't yep. count, especially in the court of law. I'm sorry you're going to take sides, okay? So, but when you got people that are across the country or across the world, across the world, yeah, that are telling you the same stories, and like he said, the small, fine details, and mm -hmm. you're like, Whoa, I just heard that same story last week from a guy from California that happened, you know, 10 years ago, and this happened this guy four years ago, and this happened a year ago. And then, then you start tracking it down. You know, uh, this happened to that one girl. What did you say? Uh, that girl in Tennessee with the frogman. How long ago? Um, I think that was just a couple years ago. That was pretty recent for her. So, yeah. So, and how long did it take her to come forward? Yeah, exactly. And she said she hadn't really told anybody else. So, right. And, and it's because people that know that we are into that field, they're, they kind of like, kind of like, uh, hey, I'm. I know yep. you're kind of like into Bigfoot, but uh, what about? Uh, yes, <laughs> that happens a right? lot. <laughs> so then they know that we believe in a creature or, or a something. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to look at them and be like, <laughs> yeah, really? You know, so that fear factor is a lot less than it is yep. talking their mom or dad or family member be like oh whatever man you must have got a bad bag you know or exactly bag. but uh so yeah so you know yeah. it, it's not yeah so you know it, it's just a lot of things we look at but mental illness yep. is, is an issue and we use that as as a a card in interviewing 
I just yeah. want to pull well, that out. And then Wendell, go go into the drug use. This is um, that's a big part of it too, right? And then uh, part of my story is I'm an ex-user. I'm an addict, but I've been clean for 20 years. Okay, I know the mental effects. I know the physical effects. I know what these drugs can do to you. I know what to expect when you're on these kind of drugs. I've done it. I've experienced it. You know what I mean? And, and if you haven't done those drugs, you have this idea of what it is, but you, you don't know because you've never done it, you know, and I'm not proud of my past, but that is part of my story of who I am today. And I'm happy to be celebrating 20 years clean and sober off of any drugs like that. You know what I mean? But when people say, oh, he must have been, most drugs do not give you lucid, clear hallucinatory experiences and that's the reality of it that's the reality of it and wendell's right every mental legend has some truth and that absolutely is a true known fact wendell that is what right. my research wendell because you're new to the show again welcome we appreciate you coming on my yeah. background my research is based on that assumption okay now, that's not saying all the details that we have right. Like Grizzly talking about fairies. Sure, we can call them fairies and we can see them and experience them. That doesn't mean we know what they are. That doesn't mean it's the same thing as an Irish or a Scotsman would call a fairy in their lore and their background. It doesn't mean we're talking like uh, uh, the round Knights of the Round Table and King Arthur and fairies over there. That doesn't mean it's the same thing. Right. It's just the word that we use to describe it because that's what it looks like. And the idea is they probably experienced them as well and created their own mythos, their own legends around that experience. That doesn't mean there's any knowledge in those in those stories because we don't know. It's probably all made up. Right. But the initial experience of encountering something is what those stories are based off of. And that's where the whole the kernel of truth is about in those legends. And I that's what most of my research is. You know what I mean? That that's most of what I go by is that kind of that thought process. And Wendell, you're right. You do, you actually have to be open-minded because uh, I yep. used to draw the line. And every time I drew the line in the sand, uh, unfortunately, I, I would have to move that line. And so yep. over the years, I quit drawing the line in the sand and I was just open-minded to anything. Uh, because of all the reports that we get in interviews exactly. on the show, and I keep an open mind. And yep. when somebody comes to me, window with evidence, and says, "Grizzly, is this picture real or is this video real?" Uh, number one, I wasn't there. Number two, I didn't take it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, with all the technology out there, uh, we do have people that fake stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. We have pareidolia. Uh, that, you know, people want to see things and images do appear that's not there. So, you know, mm -hmm. there's a lot of factors in, in looking at cases and in pictures yep. and videos and so forth, you know. So, yeah, no, window. I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're part of the show. I mean, you got some yep. good uh, perspectives on things and so forth, and I'm glad you joined in and chimed in. Yeah. Welcome to the rabbit hole, man. This is what we do. We pick a topic and we just dive deep, find out what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
Yeah, those were the two the two crazy. I, I hate to use the word crazy because I always had these negative connotations to it, right? The two wildest uh, stories, the reports that I've gotten, um, and I don't know what to do with them, but I've heard similar similar stories, similar tales. You know what I mean? So, um, and and I, I say this to people all the time: just get out there because people always ask, "Well, where do you get your reports from? How how do you find stuff?" Like I don't. I'm just willing to listen. And, and I tell people I'm willing to listen. If they say they've seen something weird, I say, well, you can tell me it's okay. Let's talk about it. Maybe I can uh, understand it to you. You know what I mean? And, and I try and do that. And that has opened up so many, so many new investigations and, and just experiences and, and friends that have come from that, you know, um, my, if you ever see my vehicle, I have Bigfoot stickers all over the back and side of my vehicle, like all different kinds of Bigfoot stuff, right? Now, I'm not just a Bigfoot researcher. I'm a 14 researcher. I look into anything weird and strange and, and out of ordinary, right? But I can't tell you how many times people have come up to me just because of those stickers and say, do you believe in that stuff? I said, well, yeah, I'm, I'm into it. And like, like I, I'm cool with it. And they'll tell me their own experience. And they say, well, I had this happen. What do you think about that? Or I had this happen. And, and it's just amazing because people want to be able to tell somebody without them, without being made fun of for it, because it's, it's something they need to get off their chest, you know? And, and it's just amazing if you're willing to have that open heart and that open mind and be willing to listen to people, what, what they'll come and tell you without even you asking about it or even just, trying to find something because when you try and find something you're going to find those people that are going to give you a good cock and bull story they're going to make up something the craziest thing you ever heard because they know you're looking for it because they figure you're going to believe in hook line and sinker you know what i mean but when people are approaching you it's a whole different ball game man it's a whole different feeling it really is you know the weirdest thing I've seen in my life is when I find fairy braids and two of my four horses. I know that's a former owner's past. Yeah, oh, so, that, that, know. oh man, we could go on a whole rabbit hole just on that. So a uh, window, <laughs> uh, that's, that's what I've learned. And uh, that's why I said I tuned in for the first time. That's what, uh, that's what I heard and made me ask. Yeah. Window, this is a safe zone. You know, yep. what everybody says in here, we're open arms, you know, we don't judge. Uh, you know, we talk about different theories, we talk about different cryptids and, and different folklores and yeah and monsters, if you want to call them that. People. Oh yeah. So, you know, but uh it's always interesting, never a dull moment. So <laughs> And when do I have prospecting group and I have gotten some good stories? Well, maybe yeah. we come on the show. Yeah. So. Always love a good story. Absolutely. You know, maybe, maybe it's something that we have maybe not heard or maybe can have similar stories as well. Look, everybody's yep. look, everybody's welcoming you to the, to the group already again. So. Yeah. So, Sam, let me see here. Crystal. Hello, Crystal. Welcome to the show. I haven't seen you there. Midnight Squatchers. Has uh, anyone seen Paranormal Caught on Tape? They show a white cloud. 
floating down to the ground. It changed shape. It floated up to and put its hand up and wild. No, I haven't seen that one. Mm -mm. Nope. I don't get to watch a lot of TV. I'm out here in the sticks and I, I don't even have a TV in my camper. Um, I've got a computer that doesn't really do much because I've got no internet. Um, we use it uh, to watch. I got a DVD player hooked up to it and stuff. So I, I just watch stuff like that. Um, but I don't get to watch any of the shows right now. So I'm always behind on all that kind of stuff, which is kind of good when it comes to research stuff, I guess. I don't have all these preconceived stuff going on. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we'll call it wraps for the night. Hopefully everybody yep. enjoyed the show. Wendell, I'm glad you joined and chimed in. And uh, hopefully you come back and pay us a visit. Uh, hopefully you like this and subscribe yeah. so you can see us when we go live all the time. Go we back and look shows. at our other shows, see what we've yeah. got going on. Yep. Absolutely. And uh, thanks, everybody, for chiming in. And uh, we'll have a surprise on the next show. Uh -oh. And, uh, and uh, from uh, coast to coast and around the world. That's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you on the next show. Take care. Y'all have a good, good night, speed. guys. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Ha, ha, ha.